We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, November the 17th, 2020. On today's show, former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath joins me. He does each and every single Tuesday. And boy, do we have a lot to get into. I'll get Alex's full thoughts as we talk Will Muschamp being fired, the Gamecocks relieving Will Muschamp of his duties. I'll get Alex's full thoughts, what it means for South Carolina football moving forward. I'll also get his thoughts on some of the potential candidates, some of the potential names circulating right now. And again, what he wants wants to see from South Carolina in these final three games of the 2020 football season. Also, we do discuss the Ole Miss game in its entirety and also even some golf talk breaking down the Masters as Dustin Johnson does get the W there. So we got a packed show, guys. Sit back, relax, enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. So they're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op, guys, which means their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is just as invested in the success of the project as you are. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black Black Glove Service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni, guys. So a Gamecock-owned small business. They offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, be sure to check them out. Upstate Movers Group. They're on social media at Upstate Movers Group. And, of course, check out their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That is upstatemoversgroup.com. Again, guys, if you have any moving needs, whether you're in the upstate, you're across the state of South Carolina, guys, Upstate Movers Group is the way to go. And, of course, a Gamecock-owned small business, guys. You know we're all about Gamecocks helping Gamecocks here on this show. So, again, check them out. They're on social media, upstatemoversgroup.com, for any of your moving needs. And, of course, their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That is upstatemoversgroup.com. Dot com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. The show is also brought to you by our friends over at Southern Oaks Remodeling. Guys, Southern Oaks Remodeling, locally and family owned, over 15 years of experience. They specialize in roofing, windows, doors, siding, and additions, and they're serving the greater Columbia area, guys. They were also founded by Gamecocks. So, again, another Gamecock-owned small business. They're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. They're on social media, and you can also give them a call for any of your remodeling needs. That's 803 899 
0284 again 803-899-0284 guys whatever the project is again they do it all roofing windows doors siding additions whatever remodeling project you may have you need an estimate you need you have some questions concerns whatever you know they know what they're doing guys there were 15 years of experience also locally and family-owned guys that's really what stands out to me with southern oaks remodeling is truly the people the people are what make the difference and again with southern oaks remodeling they're going to make the difference for you so again you can check them out via social media and of course give them a call for all of your questions all of your concerns, whatever it may be. Take care of that remodeling project today over at 803-899-0284. That's 803-899-0284. Guys, the show is also brought to you by our friends over at Yardware. Yardware is a veteran-owned and operating company licensed by the University of South Carolina selling must-have Carolina Yard and wall signs. So guys, these signs are made out of 12-gauge laser-cut steel, and they come in both garnet and black. Guys, I've got mine in my studio. The quality, the detail behind these things is incredible. Football season's in full swing. Christmas is right around the corner. This is a must-have for any Gamecock fan. You can put it anywhere, your yard, your studio, your office, your living room, dining room, bedroom, your man cave, your garage, wherever, but it's a must-have for any Gamecock fan. You can find them on social media as well at Yardware Signs, and you can order yours today at YardwareSigns.com. That is YardwareSigns.com. Again, guys, must-have for any Gamecock fan, especially with the holidays coming up, guys. This is the perfect stocking stuffer, perfect gift, only $34.95, so it's not going to break the bank, guys. So again, that is Yardware Signs. Check them out. They're on social media at Yardware Signs. You can order your sign today on their website, YardwareSigns.com. That is YardwareSigns.com. Finally, guys, the show is brought to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Guys, between the NFL, college football, any of the other sporting events, there's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. Guys, if you're the person that likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. And of course, guys, don't forget the underdogs, right? They have a ton of great value. The thing about college football and the NFL and sports in general the underdogs never truly are dogs, right? Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do as well. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets. It's never too late to get on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Guys, you can sign up today at mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. And when you do, use the promo code GAMECOCKS to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. So, guys, you go to mybookie.ag, use promo code GAMECOCKS, put in $1,000, they are going to give you a match all the way up to $1,000 in a free play, guys. It's a win-win. You can't lose in that scenario. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. So, again, guys, that's promo code GAMECOX. Again, promo code GAMECOX. You to claim your bonus when you make your first deposit. Stacked UFC cards, college football, NFL, all the major sports, and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. Let's get it.
Gamecock football player Alex McGrath. Alex, before we dive into everything, again, it's been a crazy 24, 48, 72 hours, if you will, sir. How was your weekend? I will tell you, by the way, up front, I played golf on Saturday, some of the worst golf I've played in months. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so I hope your weekend went better, better than mine, at least if you hit the links this past weekend. I unfortunately did not hit the links uh, this past weekend, but I fortunately did get to watch a ton of golf. Yeah, but say, and, and we have masters to talk to about. And we have masters to talk about. And was, oh, yeah. And so I was, you know, obviously glad to see DJ uh, bring it home after a pretty dominant performance on his yeah. part. So it was, it was a good weekend, man. Yeah, I was going to say, it's funny. All of the stuff that happened with South Carolina, obviously, you know, first off with the game, and then obviously all day Sunday and everything that happened with Will Muschamp kind of overshadowed the Masters, but I know we were all watching. And, dude, I, th- I thought the course played beautifully, man. I thought it was a great tournament. Obviously, Augusta National did a, did a first-class job in hosting the event. And, yeah, it was cool to see DJ. And I loved – I don't know if you noticed this, the Gamecock logo got a little cameo on the 18th green when uh, his brother was putting the scorebook in his pocket and you saw the – I was like, there we go. Gamecock logo getting a little bit of love. So, you know, it was uh, – I felt like with DJ, you knew it was just only a matter of time. I mean, he's just so good of a player. I mean – not surprising at all. Oh, yeah. No, and, and two, you know, with as much rain as they got, just kind of the different season. Oh, yeah. You know, it was it was, it was was ripe to be, you know, kind of pushed around like that, and he just striped the ball all weekend and put himself in the right spots, and Dude, that's how you got, get to minus 20. Guys were throwing darts out there. Like, it was incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I, and we don't have to get into this now, but just, like, the guys that were missing the green even on right. in, like, spots that you wouldn't typically be able to stop a ball just to be able to throw it next to the hole like that was atypical for Augusta, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, the last thing on, on the golf side of things, did you see Tiger make a 10 yesterday on number 12? Did you see Did you see unreal. that? Unreal. Wow. Unreal. It was 12. just Unreal. 12 is and then followed it up making five. What do you he birdied four of the next five holes? Yeah, to actually finish under par after he made a 10. Yeah, kudos to Tiger. (laughs) What what a master it was! But yeah, impressive. Let's get to the main topic of conversation because I was joking with you off air. Obviously, normally on a Tuesday, we're breaking down the game that was, and we, we can talk about it a little bit if you want, but. The main topic of conversation all week this week, at least until we get later in the week, is it finally happened, Alex. Now, I, you, you, you can, I saw you smiling a little bigger today than normal. Will I Muschamp mean, finally being relieved of his duties, being fired as the head coach of the University of South Carolina. I want to just get your initial thoughts, initial reactions. Obviously, I talked to you on Sunday. I gave you a call, and I kind of told you, I, you know, it took a little bit longer than I expected, but – it seemed like things were about to come down. You, you know, you heard the chatters last week, last week over the weekend, and those were the rumblings. And then you heard things going into the Ole Miss game. And then after that loss to Ole Miss, you know, Sunday, I really thought, I was like, man, I'll be really surprised if something big doesn't come down. And sure enough, South kind of pulls the trigger, trigger, makes the decision to fire Will Muschamp. When you saw the news, your initial thoughts and initial reactions to Will Muschamp being fired. Chris, I woke up this morning honestly feeling better about the direction of the program than I have since 2015. And, like, look, you know, somebody lost their job. I get it. That's an unfortunate thing. He's going to be very well taken care of financially. So, I mean, don't don't shed a tear here. But, you know, finally, you know, everybody came to the correct conclusion that – 
this is not the guy that's going to take us to the next level. And I mean, that was blatantly apparent Saturday and not, night and not even, and not even five. take us, yeah, not even take us to the next level, but just stay consistent. The level of just making bowl games and actually being competitive in games. I mean, that I think that was the biggest thing. It's, it's not like I think South Carolina fans had these unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of, you know, replicating the Spurrier years or anything crazy. But I mean, just, you know, again, we, it, it's, I feel like it's so obvious at this point, just what you were seeing, especially on the defensive side, you know, it was screaming the, the you had to do the obvious thing that was make a change. So I, I think you made a great point though, too. Again, he's going to be very well taken care of. And it's something I joked with you a little bit off air, but I feel like I almost have to say, especially me, because listen, I lit up the victory cigar and I, I'm not hiding from it. I, I'm, I'm celebrating and I'm ecstatic. I'm, I'm elated. All the positive adjectives, man. I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great as we're discussing this, but you need to let people know, or at least I, I let people know it's nothing personal. Obviously it's nothing personal with the guy, you know, I'm so excited for the University of South Carolina, the football program, and the fans especially, because, Alex, I don't know if you felt this on Saturday, but for me, it was the least game day feeling game day I had felt in, in so long. I was dreading it, and that especially sounds bad doing what I do, but I was, in a sense, dreading game day, dreading what might come of it, and that's just not a great place to be as a fan or as a supporter of a football team. But again, people need to realize, of course, it is nothing personal. I mean, it's crazy we have to say that, but you know, you've got some people on social media that just want to take everything personally. So it's nothing personal. It's a results-oriented business. They all know that when you're paid that kind of money. And I would still argue to this day, Will Muschamp Sunday through Friday, one of the best coaches in the country. There's a disconnect on Saturday, but you get, and that's what you get paid to do, is you get paid to win on Saturdays. And he simply just did not do enough of that. Well, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, there's that. I mean, and two, like, look, I don't know Will Muschamp. I know just from watching him be a head coach for 10, almost 10 years now, he's just not good at it. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, this isn't little league football where everybody gets a trophy right. and you get your orange slices at halftime. There's going to be criticism because you're getting paid four and a half million dollars annually to do this. And now we're going to end up and pay him. I, I mean, I think the sum between us and Florida is something like 20 and a half million dollars to no longer coach anymore. You know what? You're going to get some shots in that and you're fine. You can take the criticism and it's yeah. like, nobody's rooting for bad things to happen to him, or at least that I've seen. I think the celebration is that he's not in charge anymore and we weren't going in the right direction. Everybody knew that this is best for both parties. Move forward. Yeah, no, I, I really personal attack on him. Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely, no. I agree, I agree with you one hundred and ten percent. Again, like you said, I, I the fact that that has to be stated is kind of crazy, but I, I will say at least on my end of things, for better or for worse, I got labeled as the fire must champ guy. I mean, I, I, I my thoughts and comments were very well known and vocalized. Like you know, twenty nineteen after the UNC game, and I, I'll tell people still to this day, I hate that I was right. I would have loved to have seen it work here, but just bottom line, it didn't get done. I really want to get your take, Alex, um, because I think it's interesting. Again, you understand the economics and the financial side of things and just sort of how all that works. I truly do tip my cap and commend Bob Caslin, the board of trustees, everybody behind closed doors that made this happen for not letting financials hold this thing back. Because we had talked about it a lot that we both felt like South Carolina, if they really wanted to pay the buyout, if they really got to that point, 
that they could do it. You know, I, I think the buyout was a bit of a smokescreen. Listen, it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But we've talked about it ad nauseum, obviously, with the buyout. Just give me your thoughts on, you know, again, the board making that move, Bob Caslin pulling the trigger. And I, I think neither one of us was really surprised, especially when you start hearing rumors of your top boosters being very disgruntled, saying, I'm not going to give another penny to this athletics department until you change head coaches. You're handcuffed at that point. You don't have a choice. You, you can't piss those people off. When those people, their names are on the ops building or they're on whatever other facilities you have, you don't really have a choice at that point. I mean, your big money's speaking and you got to move. But what I love from this perspective, this move is like people can't say that South Carolina is cheap anymore necessarily. Like South Carolina made a decision. They wanted to get him out. They're opening their wallets, opening their checkbooks. And I love it from the fan perspective because it screams to me, you know what? Winning is important. It is the most important thing. And we're going to make that decision to get us closer to that goal. Just your overall thoughts, though, on the people behind closed doors making this happen. Um, yeah, I think most of that came from Kaslin, just kind of reading the tea leaves and looking at, you know, notes from press conferences and things like that. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, 13, if it, if it's settled at 13 right. million, which again, I don't think it will be, you know, yeah, that's, that's a lot of money to us mm. or to an individual. When you think about it in terms of the amount of money that we, you know, raise from boosters on an annual basis or what the revenue actually is from the athletic department or from the football program, specifically when you're talking in, you know, nine figures, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars from those types of deals, it's much more manageable in that sense. Look, and, and I get it. It's a bad look. You're, you're in the pandemic you've got athletic departments across the country cutting sports and you've got revenue projections that are coming up way short of you know even the most low-balled estimates and you know certainly there's better environments to make this happen but when you don't do something like this and you've got boosters that control you know what facilities go in or what renovations get made to the stadium really keeping this staff in place was opportunity cost. You know, sure, we could do it to not pay that buyout, but what does that cost us five years from now? What does it cost us 10 years from now? What does it cost us next year? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, eventually you get to a tipping point where that opportunity cost far outweighs whatever you're going to owe him in a negotiated settlement, and that's what happened. Yeah, Alex, I, I think, and not to overreact, I think you would have done long-term, possibly irreversible damage to this football program if you would have just said, well, you know what, we're in the middle of a pandemic and, and a COVID year and we can't buy them out, we can't do this. And, you know, again, we, we talked about, I think, a little bit last week to be in a situation where you know and the coach knows and everybody knows the only reason your coach is still employed is because you don't want to pay his buyout. That, that's a horrible position to be in as a program. I mean – how are you supposed to recruit? How are you supposed to sell your program? How are you supposed to sell yourself as a legitimate program as a whole when you're letting that hold you back, if you will, or that's the only reason you're keeping your coach employed? So, I, again, I, I really do tip my cap to I commend Bob Castle. Again, and that's what I said all offseason, that Bob Castle would be the wild card in this scenario because I even – hey, I tricked myself into saying, hey, no matter what, it's a COVID year – you know, it don't matter if you go two and eight, one and nine. Will Muschamp will be back in 2021. But it's funny I make that point, Alex, because it's really easy to say that in June. It's easy to say that in July. But when you get in the middle of it, 
and emotions are running high and you see it play out in the field, it's much harder to ignore it. So, you know, I know Bob Castlin, his, 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 you know, uh, hiring or what have you was very much under scrutiny. Wasn't the most popular decision amongst a lot of people, but I do commend him for again, pulling the trigger and making this decision for the betterment of the South Carolina football program. So hundred percent. And you know, he's got a track record of trying to do this stuff and athletics is important to him as a, you know, college football player himself. Like that's, this is an important piece of this puzzle to him. And I think we saw that in the decision. Yeah, for sure. Now I, you know, I know we've already talked about the candidates a little bit, Alex, but I, you know, of course that's where we move to now. Again, Will Muschamp has been fired. Mike Bobo takes over as interim head coach, which we'll actually get to that first. And I'll ask you about the candidates because Mike Bobo is taking over as the interim. Here's the thing. Season's not over. You got three more opportunities to go play some games, go win some football games. You got Mizzou, Georgia, and then Kentucky. You're sitting right now at what two and two and five with three more left to play. Again, Bobo taking over as the interim. I'll ask you. Um, obviously, Mike Bobo is not going to get the job. And Ray Tanner said in the the presser on Monday that you know, uh, you know, we'll evaluate it. But he said what he had to say. But there's no way in hell Mike Bobo is going to keep the job. There's absolutely none. Um, is there yeah. anything? Specifically, though, for you as a, as a former player, as an alum, as a fan, I mean, is there really anything specifically you're looking for from these last three games from Mike Bobo or this team or anybody involved? Or is it kind of just, okay, you know, if we win all three, great. If we lose all three, whatever, we're just kind of focused on finding the next head coach. So my, my wish would be that they completely – turn it loose and play completely reckless, throw everybody in there, see what you can do, open auditions all over the place. Like, you know what, let's just throw in there. It doesn't matter. Let's see who can play and who can't play. That's what I hope happens as far as like from a head coaching perspective or, you know, who I would want to see for the rest of the year. Like they could have named you the interim head coach and I would have been fine with it at this point. I just don't have to deal with the much champ circus next year. Right. So that's fine. I, and I tend to agree with you, man. I, you know, because I mean, we're sitting here on a Tuesday game day this weekend against Mizzou. And I know Colin Hill is Mike Bobo's guy, but man, at the same time, like, why not just start Luke Doty? Who cares? Who cares at this point? And the year doesn't See count for do. eligibility. Why not? Hey, <laughs> like you said, yeah. pull out all the stops. It, it's, it's a lost cause. Anyways, I, I will be very, and that's obviously going to be one of the top storylines going in this weekend. How much do things change, or or if at all? Which you know would be sad to see if they don't change at all. But how much do they? Um, in regards to the next head coach, Alex, because obviously again that's where the conversation is going to shift. That's where things are going to shift because over the next month, month and a half, maybe two months, I tend to think this decision will be made by December sixteenth, which is the uh, the signing day, the early signing day, if you will, or the new signing day, whatever. It is signing day. I think by that date, it sounds like from what Ray Tanner was saying, they want to have this decision in place by then. But I think this is really interesting. He was talking about what they'll be looking for in the next head coach. And I, I tweeted this out. He said he mentions today's game of college football and how teams are lighting up the scoreboard. Getting an offensive mind seems to be of utmost importance in this search. So I think certainly from what I heard from Ray Tanner, and he also said no candidates are off the table. So Hugh Freeze, Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops, 
whoever those unrealistic hires you maybe thought were impossible. Nobody's off the table. They're, they're gonna be they're gonna be calling everybody. And I know I know you, Alex, for sure. Your your mindset is gonna be those guys are gotta tell me no before I move to anybody else. Um, just talk about again your overall thoughts on the University of South Carolina right now being in a head coaching search. Again, we all sort of know the popular names. And we, we've sort of kind of touched on, I think we did last week, of who you'd prefer to see take over. But what are your overall feelings on the University of South Carolina right now as they go throughout this coaching search with the candidates that we know are available? So if, if, I, if I was going to pick three, just kind of right off the bat, um, you know, really what I'm looking for, you know, kind of echo Ray Tanner's comments are – you're going to want somebody who's offensively innovative. And again, it's, I think being able to be adaptable and throw things at a defense that kind of keeps them off balance, that gives them a new look, you know, whether that shifts motions, whatever that has to be to give yourself a competitive advantage against the likes of, you know, Georgia's, Florida's, Auburn's, Alabama's, you know, where you're not going to be consistently in the same recruiting class world that they are so we we want to bring somebody in that gives us an advantage in that space on the back end of that i would you know off you know looking at the candidates that we have available who oddly enough as we've been talking bob stoops just got added to that list indeed no he's been it's been a name floating around It's been a name floating around. Oh, well, I just mean like Gamecock Central just threw it up there. Oh, did they? Okay. Well, hey, I got a DM. I got a DM from somebody that's saying saying that, uh, hey, have you heard Urban Meyer is on campus? I'm like, there's no way that's possible. But the rumor, the hey, the rumors are already getting getting fired up. So for whatever that's worth, there, there, there's been some, there's, there's some smoke to the he's been in the president's suite Mm -hmm. twice this year. Or whatever that's worth. Right. I don't know where that's going, but <laughs> right. I just on good authority, I've heard that. Right. Um, either way, I think on the on the you know kind of initial list that they shot out there, um, not pulling from my own who I would want to see. I think my top three would probably be in no particular order: uh, Jamie Chadwell, Luke Fickle, and uh, this is going to sound crazy, but I think I'd almost rather have Shane Beamer than Hugh Freeze. And I, I say that I wouldn't be unhappy with Hugh Freeze because mm. he's a really good coach. I just feel like there's less baggage right. with Shane. And, you know, Shane was a coach when I was there, and he's just an all-world, all-class guy that I know is going to bring in a top-notch staff, and he's a tireless recruiter. Yeah, and been learning under Lincoln Riley, which is not not a bad guy to – uh to learn under no. for sure. You know, it's funny. I've made this point a few times, Alex, but it's just, you know, I tell people, and this is not a justification to say, oh, screw it, just go get whoever you want. Doesn't really matter. But it's crazy to think that, <clears throat> in my opinion, there's not a candidate out there that would be a worse hire than Will Muschamp was in 2015. And I'm not trying to kick the guy while he's down. He's fired. It is what it is. It's done with. But really, just realistically, calling a spade a spade, there's not a guy out there who has a worse track record that you could go higher. I mean, there are pros and cons to every single candidate. You know, you look, some guys have checkered pass. Some guys don't have a lot of experience, a lot of experience, especially the SEC level. But there's nobody that that I feel like you're, we're looking at right now that we're like, this guy got fired from another school. Like, it almost makes me think, because, again, I wasn't doing the Spurs Up show back in 2015. It almost makes me think, like, God, what were we doing? Like, what were we – again, hindsight is twenty twenty for sure. But 
I, I almost I want to get your thoughts on this, Alex, because when I look at this head coaching search, again, you mentioned the Bob Stoops, the Urban Myers, even the Hugh Freezes. And I think there's a contrast in like those guys and the guys like the Billy Napiers, the Jamie Chadwells, the Shane Beamers who haven't had the it's you know, the pros and cons between two are different. I almost feel like this is the perfect time. And again, I, I don't totally disagree with you. You got to have a guy like Stoops and Meyer tell you no, because that would be just an all world, all class hire. But at the same time, I am a little exhausted from taking other teams' leftovers. Like I think this is the perfect time to roll the dice on a guy and, and just take a flyer. And, and again, it's hard for me to say, you know, people ask me, who is your number one candidate? Well, I'd like to talk to the guys. I, I'd like to be part of the vetting process. I'd like to, to interview them rigorously, you know, find out who they are and, and just everything about them. I think that means a lot. I think it does, especially like in the sense of Hugh Freeze, right? Like P Hugh Freeze is a very hot name, popular name. But right. the last thing you want to have happen is Hugh Freeze get hired at South Carolina and the same thing happened with the results. Nobody wants an NCAA sanction, even for a couple of winning seasons. I don't know. I, I just view this as I think this could be the perfect time to roll the dice on a guy, take a flyer on a guy, you know, a Chadwell, a Napier, even a Shane Beamer. Again, I'm all for, you know, those guys, those bigger guys, they have to tell you no. But, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you prefer one or the other? Would you rather have – because, I mean, of course, you bring in a guy like Stoops or Meyer. Hey, those guys are national championship head coaches. That that means something. You know what I mean? When you're When you're on the recruiting trail trying to get a kid in there, that's – Hey, when you can flash a ring like Steve Spurrier used to do, that that means something to kids. You know what I mean? So I, I just wonder, what what is your take on that? Because, again, like I said, I'll reiterate one more time. I think right now where South Carolina is, this just, in my opinion, is the perfect time for the Gamecocks to roll the dice on somebody. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that in a sense. I think, I think Urban Meyer is a much different higher than Bob Stoops would be. Um, for a couple of different reasons, like if, if you had to if you had to ballpark career losses that Urban Meyer has, what would you ballpark that at? I, is it even double digits? I guess that's the question. It, it's 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 so like is 10? It his 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 career coaching record is one hundred and eighty seven and thirty two. Okay. Okay. So I think if you can get somebody like that, I yeah, think you have that's to pretty, do it. Would, yeah, I mean, does any of the off field stuff? bother you in any way like any i mean because his his career was from him right from 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 my no, i mean look if, if he coaches for five years and he has to retire due to health concerns and we get an sec title out of it yeah, yeah. i mean no, that's I, just the cost of doing business hey, with urban right, so right i tend to agree um, i tend to agree yeah. uh, it, but at the end of the day if we're not going to go that direction um and, and to, a part of me would almost rather have like a fickle or a chadwell or a napier I think it'd be fun to like build Dan with somebody. I think Stoops. it'd be fun. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to build with somebody. Kind of. I mean, again, I'm the same way as you. Like, if we only got five years of Urban Meyer, but you got an SC, winning a ring is all that matters. I mean, as bad as that may sound, again, I'm not saying sacrifice your morals or your character or whatever for it. But hey, guess what? Nobody cares about what happened at Florida with all the guys they had on the roster. They won a national championship. That's all that matters. That's all you see. Won in, two. In, yeah, exactly. They won two. <laughs> That's all you see in the rafters in the swamp. You don't see anything else about any of the other stuff. They won a national title. They won two national titles. So, yeah, if you can make that happen for sure. How about Hugh Freeze? Does his off-the-field stuff bother you? I mean, is that one where you think you need to vet him out and kind of figure out what his deal is? 
So, yeah, I, I mean, I think you obviously have to do it. I mean, right. I, I don't know what else you're going to bet out there that hasn't already been revealed in some report somewhere. If, you know, I was talking to a buddy about this yesterday, and if it, if it came down to like, you know, Fickle, Chadwell, Napier, uh, I'm leaving somebody off. Whoever, whoever mysterious uh, Joe Brady maybe versus freeze Yeah, Joe Brady. Like I would probably, I would rather have them than freeze, but I wouldn't be disappointed if we right. hired freeze, if that makes sense. Right. Are, are there any, are there any, like, I hate to call it like nightmare hire. Cause that sounds so bad, but like, are there any names floating around right now that you see that you're like, absolutely not. That'd be a terrible move. I saw somebody post uh, Rhett Lashley. Yeah, that was actually Barrett Salee of CBS Sports or whatever. I, and he's the first guy I've seen throw that name out there. I was surprised at that. Uh, so that that would that would be deeply concerning. Uh, right. Ron Zook comes to mind. Oh God! Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be concerned too. <laughs> if if South Carolina I even cons- if South Carolina even thinks of the names Zook or McElwain or any other Florida guy, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm absolutely done. No more Florida yeah, was, coaches, except if it's Meyer. Unless it's Urban. That's the only yeah, guy. it's Urban. Yeah. And he's no, I, really a Buckeye coach now, so that's irrelevant. Right, exactly. Um, exactly. So, Not, the, no, I haven't seen anything that, like, concerns me that I've seen thrown out there so far. Right. Um, if it was, it, you know, I, it, it's certainly I don't want anybody else off the Saban tree. So Steve yeah. Sarkeesian's one I've seen thrown out there that I don't really want any part of. Um, I wouldn't love that one. Either. Yeah, just, I, I'm I'm kind of over. I'm like you. I'm just over the Sabanites. Like, I, I don't need to see another Sabanite take the job. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's but, just it's working out like all the Belichick hires that right. people make where it's like, yeah, they're good with Saban, but then they get on their own and they kind of flounder. So, you know, I'd rather not see that. Yeah, again, I, I just I look at this coaching search and I, I think that they again, they need to have the specific qualities we talked about offensive minded. And, and really, when you say offensive minded, what you're trying to say is aggressive. You know, you're, you're trying to say innovative. Um because I think at South Carolina, you have to think outside of the box if you're going to win big. You're, you're not recruiting in the top 10 or even a, you know, a top five or top 10 clip every year, right? Now, granted, you're recruiting right. good enough talent to win. There's no question. I mean, South Carolina, I think the composite ratings has them as like the 20th best roster in college football, which made the Muschamp tenure even less or you know, even more inexcusable, right? So you have talent to win, but I still think, for example, you need to run spread, I think. You need to use a guy like a Luke Doty, Gunnar Stockton, to carry on Joiner, even like it needs to be that style of football. You need to be aggressive. You can't be kicking a field goal down 24 to 10 or 41 to nothing. That's just obvious. And that's I'm stating the obvious, but that's what we've been dealing with. So you need that aggressive right. mindset. And of course, you need a guy who is number one, a relentless recruiter, but number two is going to hire a staff full of relentless recruiters. And obviously you talk about his character stuff and running a great program. That's all fine and dandy. But again, and I saw somebody point, point this out on social media and they put it beautifully. This decision to fire Will Muschamp goes to show you can be the best person in the world. You can have the best character. You can run the cleanest program. You can have the best graduation rate. If you do not win, none of it matters. None. And people can sugarcoat it and pretend like it, bro. You're getting paid this much money to do this job. If you don't win games, None of the other stuff. The other stuffs are nice to have. 
winning is a must to have. And if you don't win enough, 100%. happens. Yeah, exactly. So that's why guys I'll like you, I'll give you a good uh, litmus test that would probably be an interesting one for the fan base. Let's let's hypothetically say uh, Art Bryles' name worked its way into the mix. <laughs> Where would you fall on that one? Right. I mean, see, I I'm I'm much more forgiving than a lot of the fan base would be because I just want to win. Hey, just win, baby. That's yeah. it. I mean, I you know I. I I joke when I say this, but I'm like, I'd take three years of sanctions for an SEC title. I, I really don't care at this point. I, I just want to, <laughs> I just want a ring. I just want a ring. As bad as that, man. And obviously, again, I don't prefer that. It's not the ideal situation. But I, the point I'm trying to make is, just get a ring. Just get a ring. Find a way to get a ring. Um, but I mean, of course, I, I'm I'm half heartedly saying that I don't I don't want to bring. Q freezing and him tell you in the interview, yeah, I'm planning on cheating to get good players here. Just so you know, it's like, oh, okay, that's fine. We'll turn a, we'll turn a blind eye, do whatever you got to well, do. Yeah, like, just yeah do what you we're not going to say that, but I, I will just be very interested to see the direction South kind of goes in this coaching search. Because again, I think there's like a contrast between the two different, because I, what, what kills me is I think Hugh freeze is like the guy everyone's expecting us to court the hardest. And I wonder if that'll be the case. So I don't think it will be for whatever it's worth. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's more the, like kind of the, the group of five success. Would you say Meyer would be your dream hire? Is that like, if you could just pick one guy. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. No, because he like the guy just wins. Yeah. Like, and look, no, you know, Hey, that's the argument. Has free suspect characters on that's, his team. Well, yeah. I mean, his stuff wasn't nearly, I mean, his is really more just like, he's just kind of a, he, he he will bring in suspect individuals into right. the program, for lack of a better term. Scumbags. Um, <laughs> if you will. Um, yeah. And so, like, that's the one you'd have to get over. But, I mean, he's not calling hookers from a burner phone either. Right. So, I think that's yeah, a little sure. easier to kind of get past. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, I, I said this on my live stream on Monday, man. I'll tell you this. If nothing else about the Urban Meyer hire, if that were to happen from a selfish standpoint, man, God, that'd make for some great content. I, I would be such a fan of that in regards to in regards to the content and the press conferences. Sign me up. I, it's so funny. I said this on the Monday show, Alex, but I'll tell you, just speaking of press conferences, isn't it so nice? Never again do you have to hear a justification why we kicked a field goal down 41. Never again do you have to hear the same pre-canned answers on a Tuesday press conference. Never again do you have to deal with any of the Muschamp-isms that came along with Will Muschamp being the head coach at South Carolina. I know. We don't have to ever hear again how they won more games in the first three years than any <laughs> yes. other. Yes. Yes. That, well, Alex, we can talk about the old Miss game for just a, a quick second if you want. I mean, obviously, again, there was a game over the weekend, Gamecocks losing to Ole Miss, and again, we joked off air it was a necessary evil, and I, I, you know, I made light of it in a post on Sunday night as well. But, uh, no, I mean, again – Let's we we definitely need to mention Kevin Harris's name. What he did on Saturday night, two hundred forty three rushing yards, set a school record again. You think about all the great running backs that have come through the University of South Carolina: George Rogers, Marcus Lattimore, Deuce Staley, both both Mike Davises, Brandon Bennett. No, none of them have ever done what Kevin Harris did, rushing for five touchdowns in a game. He was a man on a mission Saturday night. Just talk about. His play from Saturday, and I will tell you this, if nothing else, and assuming everybody stays on roster, you know, Kevin, Nishan, Marshawn Lloyd, assuming they're all still there next year because you have to think there might be a little bit of a fallout in regards to transfers or what have you. But 
the state of the Gamecocks running back position looks to be very, very, very good over the next few years. Like the next head coach is going to have a stable of backs to work with. 100%. No, I mean, at the end of the day, like hats off to Kevin Harris. I mean, that was shame it had to come in a losing effort. It's a damn, it's a damn shame, honestly. That was just, I mean, to get, I mean, he ended up with what, 250 and five touchdowns? Yeah. Yeah. Averaging like nine yards a touch. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's incredible. And, and hats off to him. I mean, the offense played, I mean, considerably well. I mean, it's just, you know, when, I mean, Ole Miss was running a very similar defense to what we were running where we just didn't want to tackle anybody. So, you know, it, it, we looked good on offense. It was just, uh, just an open spigot on defense, unfortunately. And that's kind of where we ended up. Yeah. It was, you talk about the defense, obviously. And again, I mean, it's what are you going to say? Ole Miss was 700 yards. Um, you know, I, I think we were talking about, <laughs> I think we were talking about after the game, you know, that, that's, that's the whole difference is that, you know, with, with Muschamp's Gamecocks and, and Kiffin's Rebels, the difference is Ole Miss isn't very good, but damn, were they fun to watch Saturday night. Going forward on every fourth day. It looked like Steve Spurrier. I thought Spurrier was coaching mm-hmm. Ole Miss. That's what it felt like. Um, I, I, I want to ask you this because I'm think i pretty sure you were on the team at this point. Um, somebody pointed this out on social media that this game reminded them a lot of the uh, the Darren McFadden and uh, Felix Jones game where he ran, I think Darren McFadden ran for like 400 yards on his own or something. I think he might have thrown one too. But, of course, the point they made was, hey, that Arkansas team was actually good. So, I, I thought they that were. was funny because I, yeah, I thought of you because I was like, I'm pretty sure Alex was there at that point. But, uh, man, that, that defense just got shredded. I mean, there's just no other way to put it, man. It, it was a truly ugly display. Like we said, a, a very necessary evil. We, we, will t- <laughs> we will take the fallout. To from- say the least, yeah. yeah before, before I get you out of here, Alex, and again, you already kind of uh, touched on this and addressed this. And, again, Mike Bobo takes over as the interim. You've got Missouri this weekend who beat you last year. They've got a first-year head coach in Eli Drinkwitz. And I told people that, that also – I mean, that was another telltale sign of why it was time to end the Will Muschamp era because you're in, you were in year five of it. And a first-year head coach in Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri, they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite at your building. I mean, it just – you can't even explain it. But, again, Mike Bobo's the interim – and every all eyes, I think, will be on the quarterback position. I, I don't know how much Mike Bobo is going to change offensively, defensively, if at all. But I think we both agree here because I very much was, hey, you know what? Colin is playing solid. I thought he played solid Saturday night. He wasn't perfect by any he means. Did. But with the limited resources he has to work, he has one receiver to throw to. Let's just call it for what it is. Um, I thought he played solid football, okay? But now that Muschamp has been fired and, and – the record doesn't even matter. Who cares? Nobody cares what you do in these last three games in regards to, oh, you got to win this many or you got to do this, you got to do that. Do you think Mike Bobo at all will entertain, just like you're saying, kind of just going all out, throwing Luke Doty out there, maybe putting a just kind of going crazy with it, or do you think he's going to stick to his guns and stick with his guy, Colin Hill, and just kind of – just kind of ride it out throughout the rest of the season. I, I think that is such an intriguing storyline, and I'll be very interested to see if any changes at all are made to their kind of approach and their game plan of these last three games. I would tell you the breaks are going to come off 
completely. I think you throw. Every, I think they will throw everything to the wind. I don't think there's going to be a field goal attempt <laughs> unless it's necessary. I certainly in this not. next game. I mean, because you have to look at it. Uh, you got to look at it for him. Like as unfortunate as it is, like these last three games just turned into a de facto job interview for Mike Bobo. So he's going to want to put something out there that he can use to market himself mm-hmm. to other schools. And so I think you'll see – I think you will see the breaks completely come off from an offensive philosophy. I, I swear if South Carolina kicks a field goal in a situation they shouldn't, I'd be like, I think Will Muschamp is still up in the box coaching. I think he snuck in there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got the – Press got credentials the, weren't quite revoked. Yeah, he's got the connection to uh, to Bobo's headset down the side. Last thing really quickly, I want to get your take on this. And, again, I, I thought it was awesome news, the best news today. Connor Shaw getting promoted to quarterback's coach. How about that? I mean, all-time, obviously, Gamecock legend, winning his quarterback in school history, and it's always good when you can get some uh, some Gamecock blood in the the staff. And I think people are asking me, do you think the next head coach keeps Connor on staff or whatever involved? I'm like, I think it would be very much so in the next head coach's best interest to, even if you don't keep him as quarterback's coach, you got to keep the guy on staff. If you fire Connor Shaw, I don't even think I should consider you for the job. So you got to at least you got to at least keep him if you're going to send him back to director of player development. But having a guy like Connor Shaw involved with your program, especially with his ties to Gunnar Stockton, who you still want to get here. I think that's a smart move. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would think, agree. Yeah, I would think that if you can do it, if you can do it. I mean, yeah. if there's somebody I mean, if it's the new guy that's got his guy in place. I mean, that's just right. That's nature. Of the that's beast. the breaks of the game. But, you know, well, again, for him, too, you know, the last three games are going to serve as a de facto job interview for him. Right. Like, what what can you do in those last three games that, you know, should somebody come in and I want to keep you that you can put on tape somewhere that like, hey, I did this. Yeah. Well, Alex, I can tell you this, man, if nothing else, it feels great to once again be excited for game day. And I can't wait for Saturday. And I honestly have not been able to say that. In a while, and I know you probably feel the same as well. So we have a reason to watch again. I know, especially for you, being an alum and you know being such a proud alum of the program, and um, I know you're thrilled. And obviously, again, like we said in the beginning, it's nothing personal, but man, just to see South kind of be able to close out that chapter, turn the page, let bygones be bygones, and and start the the healing process and, and the mending process, yes. and the process of getting South Carolina football back to the heights we all know it's capable of being at. I think it's awesome. It's exciting. I'm very happy for the university and for the fans as well. And, again, I tip my cap to those people behind closed doors. Whoever you are out there, you open your checkbook. Thank you so much for doing that. If if you want to throw a little bit our way, we'll take some as well. But, uh, no, Alex, (laughs) appreciate you taking the time, man. It's always a pleasure to talk, and uh, we'll definitely do it again next week. Always, man. It is is a – I don't, well, happy day is not the right word, but it is a, a, you know, again, it's just, there's something back now that we can look forward to. Sun, sun, sunshine a, a little bit brighter. Sunshine a little brighter. Coffee tastes a little sweeter this morning. Yeah. No, without a doubt, man. Hey, Alex, again, like I said, we'll do it again next week, man. Hopefully after a, uh, after South Carolina win, why not? So. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's Alex McGrath. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on an episode of the Spurs Up Show.
Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 